calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome, friend. Follow me. We're going somewhere dark, somewhere dangerous. Most people would never dare enter the place we are going. There's no telling what horrors we'll find, what terrors we'll uncover. Don't say I didn't warn you. We might discover terrible monsters lurking there. Be careful, they could follow you out. Or maybe they're already inside you. Are you afraid? Good. Now you are ready to enter the Warning Woods. Another cat's gone missing from Jonas's farm. Isaac Chop grunted this tidbit grimly to his wife as he returned to their meat cart. He splashed water from the heavy bucket he had brought back on his denim trousers. Ah, the spirits have cursed this day from end to end. Hush now, Isaac. Do not let our neighbors hear you with such talk of spirits. It's not Christian. Isaac's wife, Bridget, whispered harshly. She grabbed her husband's ear and pulled him down so his eyes met the bottom of his own beard. At this height, his words could reach her ears without escaping into the nosy ether. How dare ye humiliate me before these present folk? Would ye another man pass our goods by, thinking I'm but a mule tolling beneath your yoke? Aren't thou just? Bridget couldn't contain the joke. It was worth the stinging cheek that quickly followed to see the startling indignation in her husband's eyes. His eyes were nearly as black as his frazzled beard. Keep a watchful gaze, woman. Isaac warned as Bridget released his ear and allowed him to stand. Wolves, bears, witches, we know not what might lie beyond those trees. Isaac pointed up into the hills. A few of the villagers around him instinctively looked in the direction he pointed, but quickly returned their gazes to the various carts and tents around the town market. From 1679 to 1682, Many trees had been harvested to raise new structures around the small village in what is now called Virginia. The broad forest that loomed over them on the hills remained thick and foreboding, though. It wasn't uncommon for a hunter to disappear in those woods. Occasionally, one of their compatriots would discover their animal-ravished remains. Most of the time, their fate remained an uncompelling mystery. It was fairly easy to assume what happened to them, and better not to dwell on the specifics. All of this consternation over a lost kitten? Bridget asked, or rather accused. Seven, woman. 
seven cats this season. All have vanished, some from within barns and sheds such as our very own. And yet our sour felines defy us and live. Hold thy mockery. What I tolerate within our walls does not travel beyond the threshold of our home. The Jonas girls are distraught. They loved that sly creature as if it were their own brother. Bridget replied, I do weep for those tender girls, but have ye pondered the frequency with which such pets wander off alone and unprotected? Perhaps their loss is but nature finding that which we have kept hidden away from it? Ye think too much, Isaac grunted. It doesn't suit ye. He turned on his boot heel and disappeared into the sparse crowd. Bridget shook her head and locked eyes with Cecilia Speary. Cecilia approached Bridget's cart, towing along her comforting aura. She was one of the village's first members after the founders had raised the inaugural house. She then had served the community as if they were her own blood. She worked in fields for farmers who never asked for help but needed it dearly. She entertained children while their parents worked. She acted as a nurse, a teacher, and a housekeeper, all without ever requesting payment or a favor in return. Cecilia, my dear, Bridget beamed, I've put aside the finest cuts for ye. Oh, I would never dream of hoarding the finest cuts for myself, Cecilia replied, smiling. Allow me to purchase those bits which might otherwise spoil. Oh, we would never allow any part to spoil, Bridget assured her. Well then, perhaps just a chicken then. I could use some more bones for broth. The women completed their transaction, and Cecilia walked away. As she turned her back, Bridget thought she saw the top of a great scratch that began near the base of the woman's neck and ran beneath her collar. She almost called out to Cecilia to make sure she was all right, but decided Cecilia must have, of course, known there was a painful-looking scratch on her neck and would probably be embarrassed to recount the incident in which she had received it. A few minutes later, Bridget had forgotten all about the scratch. A few hours later, Isaac brought the mule and the chops went home. Isaac went about his last few chores while Bridget cleaned a chicken for dinner. The sun had gone behind the hills, leaving them with only a soft, pink glow outside. The darkness brought with it a low breeze, one that rustled the dry leaves on the ground and carried the fresh smell of autumn. However, such a breeze normally chills the skin. This particular breeze felt oddly warm, but unfriendly. It was like the breath of a great wolf huffing down your collar as it searched for the most tender part of your body. Isaac looked up as another sound joined the rustling leaves. At first it blended with the whispery hissing, but then separated and grew into a cacophony of voices and pounding feet. Across one of his fields, Isaac saw an orange light glowing against some of the nearest houses. The light intensified before shadows started shifting within it. In a minute, Isaac could see a mob of villagers emerge from the cluster of buildings holding torches. Chop! Someone shouted across the field. Join us, man! They've caught the witch! A witch? Isaac called back. The cursed wretch who takes our pets! Isaac walked quickly to meet with the mob on the road. Some bore grim faces, others expressed gleeful anticipation. Isaac found the voice that had called over to him. It belonged to his cousin, Ethan. Where is the witch now, cousin? Isaac asked. She's been trapped, cornered in the shepherd's barn. Brother Aaron watched her follow a cat inside and locked the door behind her. He waits there now, with Jonas, to exact revenge and purge our village of evil in the name of the Lord. Did she come from the forest? Isaac asked. I cannot say, cousin. 
All will be revealed at her trial now. The mob reached Aaron Shepard's farm a few minutes later. As Ethan described, Ben Jonas was there guarding the door, keeping whoever was trapped in the barn from getting out. All right, men, open this cage so we may capture the pagan sinner and bring her to her knees before the Lord, a man near the front of the crowd commanded. Ben Jonas stood to the side of the door he guarded and removed the board that held it shut. Which? Come out lest ye be burned alive inside. Aaron Shepard looked at the front man with shock at the mention of his barn being burned. Fortunately for him, a faint shape moved in the shadowy barn. It grew closer to the light, becoming clearer with each step. A woman. A middle-aged woman. A middle-aged woman with her hair draped over her face, disguising her identity. A woman whose dress had been splattered and smeared with blood. As she stepped out, the leader commanded her to stop. Show us your face, witch, and do not test us with your black magic. The woman pulled her hair back from her eyes, draped it behind her shoulders, and stood up straight to let everyone see her. The witch was Cecilia Siri. Sweet, gentle Cecilia now stood before the angry mob covered in sheep's blood, red-handed in the most literal sense, and she was crying. Isaac had expected a strong, defiant hag to appear. The sight of Cecilia trembling before them made him wonder if there had been some mistake. Or had Cecilia's tender personality just been a disguise all these years? Two younger men broke free of the crowd and grabbed the small woman. They forced her to the ground and bound her wrists behind her back. They tied a rope between her ankles with enough slack to allow her to walk, but not enough to run. Then they hoisted her back to her feet shoved the tip of a shovel into the small of her back, and forced her to walk towards the church. Two men carried the pulpit outside, while others erected a pole. Cecilia's hands were untied momentarily so they could be wrapped around the pole, then tied again. Wood and hay were stacked around her in a circle. Father Edward appeared behind the relocated pulpit and banged a gavel to quiet the crowd. Aaron Shepard stood close to the pile of wood and hay with his torch positioned precariously close to the dry matter. In the interest of protecting our homes and the sanctity of this land, we must hereby try the accused as a witch post-haste, Father Edward said. She killed one of our sheep, Aaron shouted bitterly. Father Edward clearly heard this accusation and chose to momentarily ignore it. The accused, Cecilia Siri, has been caught in the act of murdering a... Sheep. She is suspected of burglaring and murdering felines belonging to various residents of our village. We assume she is responsible for the disappearances of many such animals as of late. Do you deny these charges? He turned to Cecilia. All eyes turned to the accused. Isaac felt something brush his arm and turned to see Bridget had joined him in the crowd. She had tears in her eyes as she gripped Isaac's arm. I do not deny these accusations against me. But on the charge of witchcraft, I protest, Cecilia said, standing as tall as she could with her arms wrapped around the pole. Collective gasps and murmurs rolled through the crowd. I do feel guilty, even sorry for the harm I have done to your families, but I assure you, I committed these crimes for the prevention of evil, not for its benefit. What is this nonsense? Explain yourself, Aaron Shepard commanded. Father, I have been cursed. Cecilia said, looking past Aaron to the pulpit. There is a clearing just beyond the southernmost hill. It is a barren place where nothing grows. 
It was there I encountered the evil force that lingers here. Shouts and cries clamored from the crowd. One booming voice bellowed, Burn her now before it's too late. Father Edward raised a flat hand and slowly lowered it to bring the volume of the mob down. Once they were satisfactorily quiet, he raised an eyebrow at Cecilia and ordered her to continue. I know not how to explain what I met there in the clearing. I saw no single assailant, but rather felt as if the entire forest had befallen me at once. After I entered the clearing, the trees reached across to one another, their spindly twigs like the tips of an old woman's fingers. They took hold of each other, forming a sort of cage in which to trap me. I was forced into the center of the clearing by their roots. Impossible! Lies! A disembodied voice shouted, traveling over the crowd. Father Edward shot a stern look in the voice's general direction, and there were no further outbursts. After I was forced to the center, a deathly wind seeped into the clearing. I feared it would pick me up for how hard it blew. It stripped me down to my nakedness, scattered my clothes about where I could not reach them. It felt as if the wind tore through me, tearing my skin and rushing between my very bones. On my skin it felt warm, such as the breeze on this night, but inside me the wind froze my heart, my belly, my blood. Ye must understand I did not mean for this to happen. How was I to know what would happen in that clearing which I had never seen or heard of before? How indeed, sister, Father Edward asked. Your account thus far is quite unbelievable, and yet does not even attempt to acquit you of the crimes for which you stand before us today. What, pray tell, does any of this have to do with the animals you have stolen from your neighbors? Are we correct in assuming these animals are dead? Yes, Father. They had to perish to ensure my own life could continue. This time, Father Edward's hands were not enough to stifle the crowd. They erupted once more and even edged forward a few feet towards the accused. Cecilia's depressed expression suddenly turned to one of terror as she looked from face to face and saw murder in each one, even in the eyes of Isaac and Bridget Chop. It was a curse, a curse I did not ask for, a curse I did nothing to deserve yet found me anyway like the devil spoken of in the Gospel of Mark, Cecilia screamed. Silence all, Father Edward finally commanded. Even before the mob quieted, he turned to Cecilia and demanded, Are ye a woman possessed by the devil? I know not the truth, Father. Now the villagers became dead quiet. The mention of possession had captivated them. The work of the devil may have been the only thing more salacious than witchcraft. Cecilia continued, There lives in me another, a voice which demands blood, and if I should fail to fulfill its desires, it will take that which it wants by force. Meaning what, sister? Father Edward asked. Meaning if I had not offered up the animal spirits, my own life would have been taken from me. Even now I feel the presence within me growing impatient. It thirsts for blood and cares not from whom or what it comes. Father, Isaac said as he pushed his way out of the crowd, if what she claims is true, and she is not a witch, it should matter not to us. If her situation is as she describes, she remains as much a danger to us all as if she were a witch or a devil. Murmurs of agreement spread from behind Isaac. No, Cecilia shouted. You misunderstand. 
What has taken hold of me cannot be burned at the stake. Ye may torch my body, but it is my very soul this evil has corrupted. If ye kill me, it will be released upon another instead. A clever defense, Isaac Chop said. He stepped forward and ripped a torch from Aaron Shepard's hand. Who believes this woman's claim? He shouted over his shoulder to the crowd. Various responses were returned to him. Not I. It's nonsense. She lies. Father Edward reached to grab the torch from Isaac's hand, but Isaac nimbly avoided his reach. Take not justice into thine own hand, the priest warned. A hint of fear sharpened his voice. If this woman speaks the truth, she is but a victim of evil such as the rest of us. The evil lies within her, Isaac replied, and thus she must be destroyed. Isaac, no, Bridget shouted from a few villagers away. He tossed the torch onto the pile of dry material surrounding Cecilia. She didn't make a sound as the fire spread around her. Her eyes, wide and sad, met Isaac's a moment before the flames caught the hem of her dress. The village watched in silence as Cecilia Speary burned before them. Her screams echoed as far as the tree line, and they continued to echo in the minds of everyone who was present that night long after she was dead. And they all remember the curious wind that swept through the village as Cecilia issued her final choked cry and fell forward against the pole. Father Edward tried to organize a murder trial for Isaac, claiming he acted outside of the law when he set Cecilia ablaze. The rest of the village wouldn't have it, though. They all knew the woman would have burned in the end. Isaac just acted first. And it was impossible to ignore that animals had stopped disappearing once Cecilia was dead. For an entire week after Cecilia's trial, no pets or livestock vanished. Not even by the jaws of a wild animal. Not for a whole week. But on the seventh night, that changed. Father Edward's brown goat, which he kept at the parsonage for its milk, was taken some time during the night. No signs of wild animals could be found nearby. In the days that followed, other animals simply disappeared as well. Villagers started guarding their animals more closely again. They posted watches at night to find who or whatever had been taking them. For a few days, the animals remained safe. However, during those few days, Bridget Chop went missing. No one noticed at first, but when Isaac was spotted, pale and bleary-eyed, managing the meat cart on his own, questions began to arise. During the ensuing search for Bridget, which began after Isaac disappeared from the meat cart, a group of men checked the chop's barn. When they opened the door, an impossible gust of warm wind burst forth from the door. Once they could open their eyes again, they found Isaac. He had hanged himself from the rafters. None of the chop's livestock were anywhere to be found. And neither was Bridget. You made it out. Congratulations. If you enjoyed the story, please rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. Reviews are the best way to support the podcast and help it grow. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. If you want more creepy content, including the images that accompany each story, follow me on Instagram at thewarningwoods. If you feel ready, 
Meet me here next week for another journey into the Warning Woods. Thank you for listening. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.